the Sunshine Patriot in a Crisis shrinks from the service of their country. Winter is coming, and we know what is coming with it. No matter your current position on the journey, stay a while. This is where you can find the tools and the fire to continue on your path. Hello, welcome to another episode of Winter's Call Podcast. I'm Odin. This is Tia. It's just us today, but you know, it's kind of a Saturday after a live. Everybody's probably worn out. Speaking <laughs> of the live, whoo, boy, those questions. <laughs> yeah, there were some people that got majorly uncomfortable with some of those questions last right. night. Right, right, right. So, uh, we're going. That or oh. I think they were uncomfortable with how we answered them. <laughs> no pause, just answer. Both, both of them. Both both of those are probably a legitimate reason. So, but so we're gonna see here and we're gonna do a hash, uh, a rehash of some of those questions. Uh, we're not actually gonna ask them again, although we might. I'm back. All right. I don't know what you did, but me either. So. Uh, we're we're gonna do a rehash of uh, some of those questions. We may read some of them just for those of you who didn't come on our live. Uh, remember, every Friday we're doing a live at nine o'clock Eastern. You're more than welcome to come join in. The first hour or so is uh, kind of like these, yeah, yeah. kind of like these, and then we open up with the Council of Fuckery. If you uh, if you like us, hate us, disagree with us, agree with us, we don't care. We'll let you in. Fair enough. I mean, I might be a dick, but we'll still let you. That, that doesn't change whether you like the person <laughs> or not. So, fair enough. Fair enough. So, uh, we played a game for the Council of Fuckery called Conflicted, and it asks some certain questions, and they're moral questions. There's no right or wrong. I think at some point, some of the people forgot that that there was a right and wrong. And uh, wanted to make moral judgments. It, it just gets your head in the right mindset. Some people answer differently than you. Some people have, like, I don't hesitate on, like, any of the questions because I figure full fucking send. And uh, if you don't like it, fuck it. You know, we're not in that situation right now. It's a fucking game, first of all. But it does determine where your mindset is. It does, and I have to give Bjorn because uh, he he actually said it before I got a chance to. There's a lot of those situations where I would rather be judged by twelve than carried by six. I said that. He did too. Well, it was his sentiment, but I'm the one who said it that way. Uh, you're right, though. I, think about this, though. Is that a lot of times people want to add a. Um, they want to treat a shit hits a fan situation like you would now. There is a difference, and you have a different set of moral prerogatives when you're in a situation like that. Well, let's not forget the fact that a lot of the people in the Council of Fuckery should be old enough to understand the reference of the Khmer Rouge, right, from Star Trek, where it's supposed to be an unwinnable situation. And in the game of survival, that is what it can feel like. But... 
everybody, when we asked the questions, wanted to sit here and pull a Captain Kirk and try to change the parameters of the questions just enough. How you determine that question, determine you don't get to change circumstances uh, in a survival situation. That's why the questions don't have, some of them are ambiguous. Some of them are innocuous, either way you answer them. Some of them are malignant, either way you answer them. Somebody's going to die. But we have lost in society the ability to sit here and realize that not everybody gets to be a hero. And not everybody is a villain. But you still have to make shitty choices. In a survival situation, they're more like that. I think part of that comes to that that statement you made several weeks ago about um, Americans being lost in the Marvel-style... Oh yeah, the process. that there is always a good guy and always a bad guy, and and then you've got people like us that go, "It's survival. Do my people survive? Is this give me the best options to survive?" You can do a lot of morally ambiguous things that you would never do in a civilized and functioning society, right? But are necessary in a survival situation. And I think and they're I think... good thought experiments and. You know, I mean, in the card game, there's a lot of good thought experiments, but uh, sometimes people don't like your answer and take it personal. Fair. Fair. Though there there are some questions that really do have a a very black and white answer. Though I I have to say with the first question, was it the first question? Where you're, uh, you've you've made a bunker, you've got enough room for you and your family. Uh, nuclear fallout is encroaching into the, the neighborhood. You are just about to close the hatch and your neighbors run in. What do you do? Shoot them. It is not hard. That, that, that's what I said. It's like people were talking about it. I was like, well, do I like them? I was like, oh, that doesn't fucking matter at this point. I can like you and still be like, I'm not giving you my food. All right. So there are, there are, how to put this? Depending on how close you were to the... Now, it said it didn't give distance, right? You could have answered that it was within, you know, it was within uh, 50 miles or within 100 miles. It's statistically much greater chance of you can let them in the bunker, wait wait the week for the radiation levels to drop and then kick them the hell out the bunker. But because by that time, most of the fallout in the air has fallen. Right. But the, the, the stipulation in that question though, is that you do not have enough room or food. You only had enough room. You only had enough again, family. Again, it didn't specify how much food you had. It was just people came to their own conclusions. And and that's what is good about the game. It makes you think about the situation and figure out what's going on. Uh, And that's what I like about the thought experiment. Yeah, a nearby city, so there's no distance, right? Uh, You planned ahead, prepared a small underground bunker, fully stocked for you and your family. Again, it doesn't give you a timeline, right? Your family is safe inside. You start to close the hatch when your front door slams open with six frantic neighbors. The fallout is pouring into your neighborhood as your neighbors try to grab the hatch, trying to force their way in. There's not enough room in the bunker for them or enough food. You only have one. You only have time for two choices. And 
people want to argue with those two. You have two choices. Although to be to be honest, when I asked these questions to my wife, my wife was a lot like my son. She is the queen of loopholes. So she understands the nature of the game. So she defines the question as she wants to fucking define the question. And at that point, it's kind of like, fine. Yeah, but I mean, in a situation like that, and this is where I like these thought experiments. I know some of the other people feel like it's a bit exaggerated, but when you have a split second right there, you need to think about stuff like that ahead of time. Right. No. Because when you have that, that done. Yeah, hesitation hesitation leads to death. And I'm not saying that you have to be a jackass or a murder hobo the entire fucking time, but you need to get rid of the whole, you know, we're America, we're all family, we're all friends mentality. It comes down to you and yours. You want to know the one that you know the one that surprised me the most when I asked my wife? It was the post apocalyptic group approaches us. And it's you, your family, but your buddy stay outside. She goes, so you've been helping them survive for two years? I go, yeah. She goes, they haven't learned anything. It's still, I go, I don't think the question was quite phrased that way. You know, (laughs) that they're not learning anything. I think that was a chum definition. I made that definition. Well, hold on for a second. I made that definition because the question actually says, your life is filled with every kind of hardship or every kind of, of uh, complication. And I'm sitting there going, that means that these people haven't fucking learned anything. You're the, they depend on you still. It even says that in the question. They depend on you still. So it's like, in that situation, you got to think about you and yours. Yeah, that's what my wife said, too. Oh, okay. And I say, I go, but what if it was somebody like Tyr and Freya and Balder and them? She goes, look, I understand, but you have trained them with all of the vast knowledge that you have over two years, and they're still wanting you to do everything. The crippled blind guy, fuck them. <laughs> Mama Bear for the win. So I, I, like with, with our group, I don't think that would be a, a massive problem. But you think about it, though, a lot of these times you're going to have dead weight like that. What do you do? Well, she talked about like if we had neighbors, mm-hmm. right? The whole the whole community comes together to survive. Everybody has the same amount of supplies, right? That type of situation, right? Eventually, those balances go away. Yep. And people are like, if you have somebody who is a blacksmith in an end-of-the-world scenario, but they don't have any supplies, then their skill doesn't mean shit for you right now. Right? Now you, do but a, in, you, you do a cost analysis, a cost versus um, or pro and con analysis on it, and be like, okay, look, are they going to be useful? Can they help me out with other stuff? Then that's, okay, that's a skill you don't have. What if it's somebody that's a graphic designer? That is not a useful skill. Tim Pool says it all the time. He says, what... We live in a world right now where people surf the internet and write angsty stories about uh, social media trends, and they get paid six figures. But somebody who sits here and runs, you know, runs power to somebody's house makes less than them. What type of upside down society we were in 
that and it's because we live in such a world as this that that's even possible well and i think that i know the book that we're reading right and i'm mostly through it now but the book that we're reading was put back in 2016 it's even worse than now than it was then and he was making the the ideology that what 99% of the people would die 90, 80 to 90% within the first 80 to 90% would die in the first year I think it's. I think that's very conservative. I think it'd be a lot higher. I I do too. After the first year, but there is a there is a relatively quick learning curve in a survival situation. It okay. It, it's it's the same mentality as uh, martial arts, right? Actual combat martial arts. There the is reason, a steep learning curve. The reason that martial arts are so frou frou now, right? have all these fancy poses and they dance around and they have competitions with fake weapons. The reason that they had that is because they were originally combat style martial arts, right? The problem is, is that when they were first being developed and they first were invented, the, the learning curve was rather steep. When you went into combat, if your technique worked, you lived and the other guy died. Now we don't have that. But in a survival situation, there will be people who do things because if you don't do them right or you screw them up, you will die. So there is a quick learning curve. You either learn or you die. And And, and I'm saying that there's a good chunk of people that would actually do. I mean, you're still talking about, even if we're talking about 10%, you're still talking about what, 3 million or 30, 30, million, million. 30 million people surviving, right? That's a pretty good chunk of people. However, if you look at it, though, most of these people don't know what to do if they didn't have a way to look it up. Right. They're not surrounded by people that know what they're doing. They can only guess. Right. Some people took Einstein's old adage of why memorize it if it's in a book a little too far. Yeah. We, we have created smartphones and dumb people. So when the grid goes out, if you don't have, if you don't have the knowledge or a hardback copy of a book that you need, you're kerfucked. You can't go Google, because Google's gonna go fuck you. I don't work. Hey Alexa, tell me a joke. Dead silence. Welcome to dead space. Um, <laughs> I still have to laugh though, because uh, was it anchored? We were talking about what what's the most likely end of the civilization as we know it and freya was like hey i really want it to be zombies and we were all telling her like zombies are around us and anchor goes yeah victoria hammett's a perfect example <laughs> i almost shot my drink across the room <clears throat> yeah it's one of those things though i don't think a lot of people think about want to think about it. They want to put it off until you, you find yourself in that situation. And I know that everyone's very fond of the statement, you never know what you're going to do until you're there. I'm going okay. to tell you I'm going to tell you that's fucking bullshit. And the reason Fair. I say that is because if you've thought about it and you have planned and you have prepped and you've actually put thought into it, your body's going to react. Fair. why i like games like this though all right so 
so let's talk about some of our favorite questions. I the questions from the cards. We'll get to yours at the end. Oh, we're gonna rehash that one, huh? Only because it was very emotional. Because I don't know if people understood the ramifications behind that one. By the way, my wife is in agreement with me. My son had better shoot me. When, when your son gave that answer, I was like, bro, you're in trouble. <laughs> that was the wrong answer. All right, so what was one of your favorite questions? Oh, hold on. I got to go through them. I have, I have gone through this deck a lot. So for me, it's like, okay, one of my favorite questions hasn't been asked yet. Although I think one of the... My favorite ones was the you get to make your own question, and mine was name the five things that identify you at that you identify yourself as, not what other people identify you. Now, I asked Reaper to go last because I had actually had that question with Reaper before, right? And I was referencing a motivational speech called I Am. The words that follow I am are the most powerful words on a person's psyche because it is how you identify yourself. Some people attach negative traits to themselves simply because that's where they've always been, right? And some people sit here and they put what other people think of them, right? So it is... in it. it it helps me get into somebody's mindset as to how they view themselves and also how they, uh, how they view the world. Right. Because a lot of, a lot of all surprised by mine. No, no, no. Because a lot of, (laughs) a lot of survival, right. Is mental. In boot camp, they tell you that they're not trying to break your bodies. They're trying to break your your mindset. They want to break you down and then rebuild you back up. Psychological training and persuasion, all of those are trying to get into somebody's mindset. Questions like that, let me know what you think about yourself. Right? I'd like you going first because you threw negative stereotypes on it, but you turned them into a positive, which tells me all I need to know about your mindset, especially especially in a grid down situation where people are already going to be pushed to the brink. They're going to go to their base, to their base uh, beliefs. And mine is, you know, I'm loyal to my family, but I will do whatever it takes. And you're an asshole. Well, that, yeah, that's that's just me. <laughs> you said asshole. My favorite was how much you confused people when you said principled and soulless. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they understood that you can be principled and soulless, which means I have a set of principles. I don't give a damn. As long as those principles are met, I'll do anything. So the one that the one that I think everybody fudges on is probably my favorite question of all time. And it was the one I only had the Christians answer. That's <laughs> because you knew the rest of us went, wait, we're going to die anyway. I'm already dead. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be in this situation because they're going to have to kill me to get in my house. Now, I agree with that, too, that if, if you come into my house, you're going to have to fucking kill me 
before you tie me up. But again, that is fudging the question, right? In the question, it states that they do do this. And so I've got, we had people who are Christian who answered the question. They said that they would not deny their God, right? Now, I don't know everybody. I don't know everybody's faith. And I don't know everybody's commitment, right? But I didn't see... And this is what leads me to believe that some of, some of them didn't put a whole lot of thought into that particular question, right? When I said, they're going to kill you if you don't denounce your faith. But that also, and they're going to take your family. But I added the, which means that your wife or husband and your children are going to be raped and treated as slaves. Until they're dead. Now do you make that same choice? I don't want to be offensive. Right? And you understand that I'm coming from a place of love on this. But most people... Well, you're coming from a place of assholery, but I get it. Uh, <laughs> it's your love language. I get a- it. Assholes love language. <laughs> right, <there we> go. <laughs> I want to argue, but I can't. Um, A lot of these people have never faced any kind of hardship, and they can sit there and they can think that they will be willing to stand up for their belief. However, there's a lot of times I call – I'm not pointing anybody out. I'm not. But what I want to say is a lot of times I watch as these people will sacrifice little pieces of their faith when it doesn't matter, which means if you're you're in a situation that actually mattered – you're already primed to be like, uh, is it Peter in the Bible that denied Christ three times? Yes. Right? Now, and he said he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't. A lot of these people have never faced any kind of hardship, and they sac- make small little concessions. We'll use that word. They make small concessions against their faith every day. They betray their faith. You can you can call it nice. I'm not calling it nice. And the reason I I I one thousand percent agree with you. You have people who read in the Bible that homosexuality is a sin, that the LGBTQ lifestyle is a sin in the Bible, right? Right. And they're willing to they're they're willing to accept it, and they're willing to be pushed around by the alphabet mafia, the alphabet mafia, right? Simply for the fact that they don't want to make waves and they don't want to be judged on a social media platform. This is a the we're talking about people who have guns to your head. Do you really think that at that moment you're going to find the spine? How many times the balls? How many times have I said that trials and tribulations do not build character, they reveal it. If you're not going to take a stand for your God, whichever God that is, on your tenets of your faith during peaceful times because you don't want to get banned off of a fucking platform or you don't want people to think bad of you, there's no way in hell when they're po- when somebody's pointing a gun to your head and says, I'll let you go if you deny Christ now, or if you I deny like your God. That- and one of the things I like about that question is because that question is not honest. 
it's not an honest question. If you're in that position, they're going to kill you regardless, and they're going to do whatever they want regardless. Well, they I have a feeling that when they wrote that when they wrote that question, they had Columbine in mind. Yep. Because in Columbine, they asked multiple people. One person did deny Christ, and another one did not. And they shot the one that did not deny Christ. And they let the other one live. So I think that they pulled it from that type of scenario. Now, what I did not put in the question, because YouTube would have banned it, is they named the type of terrorists. They said oh. Islamic fundamentalists, <laughs> right? Oh, then in that case, if you had named it, that changes my answer entirely. It's, no, no, I'm still not going to do it, but for different reasons. Because you're going to yeah, die you anyway. do it out of spite. You be like, screw you! I don't want the lack bar. <laughs> no, I mean, but that's a, a a thought though, and I want people to understand that even though I'm not Christian, right? We've already discussed this. I, I believe in God. I'm more agnostic or deist, I guess is how you would call it, than I am a Christian. But I want people to understand, regardless of what faith you are, you need to start thinking about that now and start acting like it now. Because when you actually enter that situation, hey, you're, you're, you're human. You're going to want to take the easy way out. Everyone does. Well, it's not only that, but if you do not carve that bloodline into your heart now, you're going to be like so many others that have come and gone that said, I'm going to draw this hard line. First of what we started out the podcast when we got guests asking people what their red line was. And then we slowly watched people walk away from that line. And that it wasn't actually written in stone. It wasn't written with their own blood. It was actually in sand. And they and not everybody, but you know, they 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 moved just a little bit. And they moved just a little bit. Or it was okay, or it doesn't actually affect me, so I'm okay with this one. Or if it's that, or that, or different stances, right? That's why I know, like that question. Yeah, I was going to say, the problem is before, when you do stuff like that, before you know it, you're halfway across the fucking continent. Yeah, that Jordan Peterson video that I, that I keep using. How did we get here? Simple. I pushed you a quarter and a half inch at a time. And you you allowed it. What do you mean I allowed it? I stopped you how many times? Yes, but you never pushed back and you never gained any ground. And that's what Christians are doing now. That's what people of all faiths are doing now. That is what patriots and conservatives are doing now when it comes to the authoritarianism and the leftism. Is they sit here and they go... <coughs> Perfect example. The Don't Say Gay Bill in Florida. Right? Jesus. That didn't take any ground back. That simply stopped people from grooming children K through third grade, right? For five to eight-year-olds. And all it did was say that you can't talk about anything sex-related in, in that age. That was just a common decency. That didn't push back. I mean, when you have Tulsi Gabbard who say that doesn't go far enough, that should tell you yeah, all you need to know. Yeah, that, that really should tell you. Now, mind you, I'm going to step back for a second and speak from, from a strategic point of view. Sometimes the best thing you can do is pull an all-stop and keep from losing ground. Until you gain, until you you know regain your momentum and start taking ground back, I could see, I could understand that. 
But a lot of times what people do, and there's the danger in that, you come to a full stop, you manage to hold them here, and then you don't pay attention as they go around you. I look at it this way. Uh, when it comes to, we won't, we won't pick on Christians for right now. Right? When it comes to the conservatives and the Republicans, for four years, y'all fucking hid behind Trump. Because Trump had no problem taking those fucking shots and taking the arrows. And he put a full stop on the leftist agenda in some areas and didn't give a shit in other areas, right? But he's here and he stopped the mad descent into, you know, the Obama administration, the Biden administration now. He put a temporary stop. But because y'all were cowered behind Trump, you didn't fight back. You we took that respite. Yeah, we didn't regain any ground, and then we ended up in a just a free fall. Yeah. That's the problem with any kind of – that is the problem when you put all your faith in one charismatic person. That is what happens when you have a messiah, yes. I wasn't going to say it like that because I didn't want to add that connotation, but I'll let you do that. Well, I mean, everybody thinks that I just pick on Christians all the time, and, and I, I want to draw a distinction. There are people like you, my parents, there's a few other people that I know that live their religion, and I respect the hell out of it. I respect you all so much because you do, regardless of what anybody thinks, right? So that's why I know that in a situation like that, that question, I know what y'all's answer would be, right? And I could trust on it. I could bet on it. Yeah, you better hope that bullet fucking kills me, because if not, I ain't got nothing left to lose, motherfucker. But on the same note, I sit around and I watch all these other Christians, and I, and we've been through this discussion before, that don't live their religion. They're a, seven, you know, a six-day devil and a Sunday saint, so to speak. Right? Mm -hmm. And I watch it, and I, I sit here and go, that's why I cannot stand organized religion. Because religion, like politics, has become so watered down and so wrapped up in your popularity contest that what needs to be done is ignored. It is the inaction of good men, repeatedly. Yeah. Christians forget that we're supposed to be our faith makes us marginalized people. We're supposed to be. The Bible tells us that people will find the truth offensive. That your faith will be repugnant to people who don't have it. And yet, we have all these people who run around cry, you know, trying to sing Kumbaya, trying to be relevant. I know you hate that song. That's why I keep using it. But <laughs> You know, I didn't used to. It used to be one of my favorite songs. And then? And then I watch people use it as a theme song to embrace a viper into their bosom and get bitten. Fair. All right. All right. So so there was one question during the night that caused a lot of emotional damage to yes. the people in the council. And I'm going to let you explain the question. And I'm going to let you sit here and uh, tell a lot of the detail on it. Okay. First off, I asked the question on purpose because I've been thinking about it. And when I finally said I wanted people to answer, because everybody was given a canned response to a lot of the stuff, a lot of the questions, there was no emotional attachment to it. So I wanted to put them in a situation where they had to. 
especially knowing that a lot of the people have this kind of situation in their life right now, like me in particular. I have a father who has dementia. So you're in a shit hits the fan situation. You know that you have to bug out to survive. But your parents are old and feeble, and they are not able. They would never survive the trip. Right? And they're not capable of taking care of themselves. What do you do in that situation? Do you leave them? Do you bury them? Or do you stay with them? And a lot of people got choked up and it it hit hard. And I I apologize to some of them. I don't think they were ready for that kind of question. But the problem is you have to think about stuff like this because it's not it may not be your parents. Now, 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 I understand where you're coming from. Right. And I understand. And my selection and I even told my son, you better fucking bury me. If I can't go, you better bury me because and because I am all about like. I don't like drugs and alcohol because they mess with my mental state. I couldn't imagine being in an air in something where I'm not in full control of my faculties. To me, that is horror, right? So for me, that's my, you know, that's my, you know, that's why it was easy for me to tell my son that who was on the episode. So, so he knows right now, my wife said, Terry goes, you may want to, uh, uh, you may want to uh, add some clarifying notes on that. And I said, what? She says, you don't want to, like, forget an answer that you know on a trivia question. And he goes, click, click. All right, Dan, it's that time. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> right, no there's I different- just forgot. <laughs> like, I use I use the extreme example because I wanted to shock people into, into an emotional response, an honest response. And you got them. Uh, I think some people still gave you a canned response and then you fucking called them out. No, I I'm going to let you explain to call you out because the wife was on the other line. I'll be right back. All right. Someone gave me a response and I responded probably poorly, but I did a very chum response. They told me that they would, uh, they, they didn't have the heart to do anything. So they would leave their parents. All right. And I got I, I got a little heated. I was like, well then fuck you. Because you know that you are giving them you know that you are, are basically handing them a death sentence and you don't have the balls to do it yourself or the respect to do it yourself and to take care of your parents. You're willing to let them starve or something else like that. And they got really butthurt about it. And I can understand they didn't like my response of fuck you. But that's a situation you're gonna face yourself with because there are times where you're going to have to make a hard choice like that, and you cannot have an emotional response. You have to be logical. That's where that soulless moniker comes in, and I think that worried some people. But my response is, if you're in a situation like that and you, you, you're you going to just abandon them, you're killing them anyway. No, I think it was the, if you disagree with this statement, then fuck you part that, was, that, that, that shocked some people. Oh yeah, because I I'm sorry, but if you're going to if you're going to abandon someone, and you know that you are, by abandoning them you are going to kill them, you are going to confine them or consign them to a long drawn out and very painful death because you don't have the stomach for it, then fuck you. You're a coward. But but again, some of them gave canned answers. Yeah, and still gave a canned answer. 
and didn't think any farther then because remember for most of the game we were trying to tell people to stick with exactly what was on the card and then you threw that question in and some people still answered it like it was the fucking card your choices are leave them or die with them and they went well i'm not gonna die with them they didn't think the next step right and that was, which that means was that the they're point. gonna starve to death or well and that was kind of the point everybody wanted to give an answer for right now but they didn't think about what the consequences of that answer would be fair so i want to do a little shock and on blitzkrieg and i think i broke two of them well i uh it, maybe <laughs> my bad I'm not a baker. I don't sugarcoat shit. Fair, but it was definitely interesting. That was for sure. And I, it, it's it's sad though because a lot of people. That's that's kind of why I wanted to do this, where we talk about some of our answers and talk about the the reasoning behind answers or questions like this. If you're facing that situation, your choice doesn't just affect you. That is that's, true. That's why I like the the whole, you know, and we've discussed this, and, and I agree with you that the lone wolf mentality is not one that is sustainable, right? Right. So you have to have people, but then you have to understand that the only time where your action affects just you is when you're by yourself. If there's anybody depending on you, you better think that through. I know you only got a split second to make a choice, but you need to think. Like the one that got me was the, the response. A lot of people answered it pretty well, I think. Or you have an opportunity to take out a tyrant, but if you do take out the tyrant, they're going to kill you. You have no choice. You're gonna you're gonna die. Yeah, you will die. And your family is somewhere that's semi-safe. And I kept expecting people to go, well, let's take out the tyrant. And they at least thought it through enough to go, no, no, why would I shoot somebody that's not bothering me? I was like, the, there were sorry. a lot of them. There were a lot of them that once they got pulled, once they, I think it was once they saw you didn't jump on somebody for their question. That they just kind of agreed with that answer. I didn't. I tried not to jump on anybody. But, but you know what I'm saying, right? Is that yeah. once they realized that it, they weren't going to get a negative response from deer, that they just sit here. Well, well, okay, I get that. So I think next time we play it, what we need to me. do. <laughs> no, 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 no. I could, but no, uh, no. But we'll sit here. We'll do like one question for one person. Okay. And then we can discuss it after they make their answer. Right. This way nobody's sitting here going, I like what he said, or ditto, or I agree with Pops, or I agree with Tear. You know, <laughs> there was a lot of that. Yeah, but, well, here's something I wanted people to understand. I, I was kind of glad that not everybody agreed with me on every question. Because if everybody has the mindset that I do, we are fucked. <laughs> All right. So we had the uh your son or daughter died because someone had a lot of food, didn't want to share. They refused every attempt to barter with you, and you feel that they did it out of selfish greed more than anything. Would you plot revenge against them, or do they have the right uh, to do as they please with their resources? Now, <laughs> if you turn that question around, it is, I'm not entitled to because I have family of my own, right, that I need to take care of, right, or I have a group of my own that I need to take care of, 
right? But when you sit here and you make yourself the victim in that circumstance, then it's like, do they have the right? Well, yeah, if it was you, you would have acted the same way. I mean, let's be honest. But does that victim have the, you know, who lost their son or daughter because you refused to share, then have the right in a post-apocalyptic situation to come after your ass? Hell yes. Hell yes, they do. And if you say not, you're lying. Well, no, you're being hopelessly naive at that point. The same laws of the land do not apply in a situation like that. It, what applies is survival. And I think people get stuck on that moral hang-up. And I'm like, and, and I don't, I think my response, my response after everybody else kind of surprised me. I was like, yeah, no, they had the right, but I have the right to go and wholesale slaughter them and take what I want. Is that a good thing? No. Is it moral? No. See if uh, they had to write the question like that, because if they had said they have food, they refuse to barter with your son or daughter's going to die. Everybody in there would have went, fuck, I'm going to take it. But right. if it's already, if your child's already dead, do you have revenge? That's a different question. But it's not for me. <laughs> no, it comes down to the fact, especially if, I mean, in some ways I could consider it uh, situational. I, I could in some regards, very limited amount. I could see it as situational. But in reality, when you're in that situation and you have the ability to trade, you had something that they wanted, but they are, they were being unreasonable. You fucking kill them and take it. We, we talked about this before. You said that we have what three days before the mask of civility falls off. 72 hours or nine meals, whichever comes last. Now here's the stupid part. And I keep harshing and harping on this, but I want people to notice they were fucking beating each other and beating women, pregnant women and old people for a goddamn roll of toilet paper. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when it's food and water on the line? Well, that's what I keep trying to tell people. I said, never underestimate how protective, even if you had a father who didn't give a shit about his kid, right? In a survival situation where he's forced every day to watch that child grow thinner and thinner. There is some sort of mental process that some that a parent goes through that they become the mama bear or papa bear that you need to be fucking afraid of because they're going to see their kids slowly starve to death and they're going to see you not starving, then they're going to come pay you a visit. Well, that's why I made that statement. Like your brother, at that particular point in time, your brother who lives next door will kill you for a steak. Yeah. That's why I keep trying to tell my son that he needs to go out and run, because if he already looks skinny, then people will be like, he's starving! Have you ever seen Lost? Uh, no. Okay. A lot of people haven't. I watched a a bit of it, but one of the people, the the idea is (laughs) they crash in an airplane on a deserted island, right? And one of the guys, uh, his name is Hurley, he's a big fat guy. Right. And he gets skinnier as the show goes on. Was there? But everybody keeps bitching about how the fact he's still fat and he's eating less than everybody else. Right. That's going to play a huge role because when you're in a situation like that, you're going to be looking for people who look healthier or bigger than you because they yeah. have shit. Yeah. Hey, that that mindset. Went, you know, <laughs> humanity and society, civilization as a whole is wrapped around food and water. If you take those away, 
we revert back to the savage animal we really are. Yeah. And that's not a logical being. Like if you, and that's like you're trying to tell people, especially people with a bigger heart. And they're like, yeah, I want to help these people. No, fuck them. If you give one person, if you give one person something from your stockpile and they know that you have it, you have created a dependent situation in which they are going to come to your house every day. And if you think they're going to contribute in kind, they are not. That is not how human nature works. No. Now, there are there are outliers to that. I mean, there are people that can work together. And these are people that are smart and have prepared. And they've thought it through and they figured out what they need. And they understand that no man is an island. But 99.9% of the population of this nation is not going to be thinking like that. They need to understand the stories of Silco. Silco? Silco. The now guy who was in the Bosnia conflict? Yeah, I was going to say that. I, I, I listened to a bunch of that after you mentioned it to me. Right. Ooh, talk about holy shit. And that's another thing. A lot of these people thought that they'd be fine. Like, I feel bad for, for people like Marcus or Freya or Reaper because they're in a situation where they're stuck in a suburban or even urban setting. You imagine the hell that'll be? Yes. I keep telling people, move out, get out. I got out of the city. Hell, I even quit drinking. What a year to quit drinking, though. Holy hey. shit, I stopped drinking and all the drama and every other bullshit starts happening. I'm sitting here. Like, I, I, my, my buddy got me, almost got me this morning. He makes some of the best apple pie moonshine. And he goes, I know you haven't drank for a while, but I got that special bottle just waiting for you. He's like, don't you tempt me. And the way that the world's going to shit in a handbasket, I'd love nothing more than a drink. That being said, I want to say something from a survival point of view. Learn how to make alcohol. Not necessarily for drinking. I mean, beer is actually one of those that if you make, you know, homemade beer and you do it right, it has a higher nutritional value and you're fine. I'm talking about making higher powered alcohols. Because they are really great for antiseptics, purifying stuff, cleaning stuff off. Lighting them for for light stuff like that. I, I think people forget that. Yeah. Don't just have to drink the shit. True. Sanitizing. That's why I like moonshine because you can use it for sanitary purposes if it's high enough alcohol. You use it for fuel, though I don't think I would. I wouldn't use it for fuel as much, but you can use it for, you know, it's great if you've got a wound or something like that. You need, you know, cleaning it off or purifying, you know, soak bandages in it before you boil it. Something like that. Yeah. A lot of useful stuff. It's also really nice if you put it in a super soaker. (laughs) (laughs) Don't let my son hear that. Too late. <laughs> we already discussed what things you can put in a super soaker, what you can't. Fair. 
No, I just, I think it's all a mindset. I think people forget that. I think people think you can just react when you, when that situation arises and they don't realize that you, <laughs> you're going to revert to your base setting. If your base setting is a whiny little bitch that sits in grandma's you know, basement, you're going to die. Yes. People need to understand that. Well, any other questions you want to ask? Uh, let's see. We did the bad one, or not bad one, but the most conflicted one. All right. Let's see. No, that one was easy. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I wanted to talk about this one. What event or series of events will lead to the end of the world as we know it, in your opinion? That one told me a lot. <laughs> because some people talked about end of the world like all of the world. Right. But end of the world or shit hits the fan. End of the world as you know it is as you know it. Right. Having Biden become president for some people literally was Tiatawaki. Right. Uh, war with Russia is Tiatawaki for some people. But it doesn't have to be that grand in scale. Some people can have a hurricane come through and destroy their home or a tornado come through and destroy their home. And for them, that is the end of the world as they know it. Everything that they had saved for, everything. It doesn't have to be this large scale thing. So I wanted to know where people's heads were. Justin went straight to the religion revelation thing and good on him for that, right? He was thinking big plan, right? You know, uh, uh, Kipper wanted to sit here and worry about, uh, I don't remember what his was, but I told him, don't worry about it. He lives in Wyoming in a couple of months. He's not going to be there. And you know, that was fucking hilarious. I said, I go, don't worry in a couple of months. Right. And, uh, and, uh, when I looked at you, and they all sit here, they all avoided a topic. It gets to you, and I go, and don't say my fucking book. <laughs> Which is sad, because I was literally in the in the process of going, that fucking book. And he goes, don't say my book. I said, God damn. Okay, fine. My answer, I think, surprised people, because I don't think they were thinking of it in terms that simple. The end of civilization as we will know it will come about because of human greed and indolence. But I don't think you ever gave your response. I don't remember it, at least. What do I think is going to bring about the end of the world as we know it? We're fucking living through it. Okay, so there's the... I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the book to come out. <laughs> Dude, I told you not to say it. Do you honestly think I'm going to say it? I'm not even going to tell you how it's going to end. Because it's in the book. Because I'm not stupid. If anything happens, they're going to blame the book. Well, the book's Maybe been answered should... so far. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should just make shit up. Like the craziest far-fetched shit ever. And uh, and uh, sit here and just say it. And then when people go, that didn't happen. I go, yes! I'm not the jinx anymore. Unless Except I am the jinx. jinx. And then it does end that way. 
And, and you got two choices there. You got two choices that either A, it happens and you're still the jinx, or B, someone like me is going to call you out on your bullshit. Go, no, 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 no. What's the book actually saying? <laughs> fair, fair, fair. But think about that. The root of all of our problems can literally come back to greed and indolence. And I'm not talking about indolence as in just laying around letting trash build up or whatever else. I'm, what I'm referring to is the indolence, the laziness of not being willing to stand up for your principles or to stand up for what's right because it is difficult, because it is hard. People are indolent when they take the easy way out. Have you ever looked up the definition of indolent? Mm -hmm. I think that you cover it pretty well. Your revised definition is actually the real definition. It's not sloth. I know because I know that you that that's what most people think of. It's not sloth. The definition that I have in my older book is wanting to avoid activity or exertion. But the, the example that they give is they were indolent and addicted to a life of pleasure. I, I it, That's the old school version of the word. And I grew up reading older, old English books, right? Yeah. And so when I think of indolent, that's what I, you know, and even sloth, when you think of sloth, sloth is taking the easy way out. It's the shortest distance from point A to point B. The least yep. amount of, the least amount of exertion. They get what they want, or they're willing to change their goalposts to get something that's more easily attained. In some regards, you can think of um, you can think of a rioter or a looter as extremely indolent. Fair. Uh, so we're gonna do this game again, huh? I liked it. I did. All of the guys liked. All of the guys liked it. All of the people on the council liked it. Uh, even Reaper, and I think Reaper liked it because it causes him to think in, in ways that he's not used to thinking. And if it starts a chain reaction where he starts to ta start taking prepping more seriously, or somebody else sits here and hears it and goes, "Hey, I never thought of something like that. That's great." Or they could sit here and go, "Hey, Chum may be an asshole, but there's a reason he's an asshole." I I'm just gonna throw the Chum as an asshole out as many times as I can in this possible episode. So, and uh, <laughs> as we reach the the end of this particular episode, because some of us have to go make apology the voice messages to people, and uh, with that, I'm Odin. This is Tear. And we'll see you on another episode of Winter's Call. Oh, are, hey, are we going to do a special episode tomorrow? Yeah, I should be able to. All right. Sounds like a plan. So we'll see you tomorrow for another episode. It'll be our Easter one. You're an asshole. Yo. Yep, yep, yep. Pretty <laughs> the song much. is now stuck in my head. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And with that, we'll see you on another episode of Winter's Call. The preceding podcast is brought to you by Heimdall, Keeper of the Bifrost.